0: and the fellowship of his altar, let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, in word, in deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, A sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, in His mercy, has given His only Son to die for you, and for His sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the Word, I therefore forgive you your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. Seek Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence
1: continually.
0: Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the
1: judgments he uttered. Oh, the offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones.
0: He is the Lord our God, his judgments
1: are in all the good.
2: Glory
1: be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy he remembers his covenant for forever the
0: word that he commanded for a thousand generations faithful god whose mercies are new to us every morning we humbly pray that you would look upon us in mercy and renew us by your Holy Spirit. Keep safe our going out and our coming in, and let your blessing remain with us throughout this day. Preserve us in your righteousness, and grant us a portion in that eternal life which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul through Jesus Christ your son our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit one God now and forever Scripture readings for this, the second Sunday in Lent, the Old Testament lesson from the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis verses one through nine. And the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you And him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and all the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. O oh, come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising its
1: shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God.
0: The Epistle Lesson from the fourth chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. What then, shall we say, was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? And to the one who does not work but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sins. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, then faith is null and the promise is void, for the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. And that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, and the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, and calls into existence the things that do not exist. This is the word of the Lord. We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter.
1: Glory to you, o Lord.
0: There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you know you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, and so it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to God, o Confess with me our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God
3: chapter of St. John, the 16th verse, a verse that you know well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is our text. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, our dear friends. For God so loved the world. That's a phenomenal phrase. It's a phenomenal phrase. It's one that perhaps all too often escapes its rightful appreciation and its due regard. When we think of the world, maybe we're accustomed to think of it in the very affectionate way that famed jazz musician of old Louis Armstrong did think of it. You remember Louis Armstrong with his signature gravelly rich voice singing about this place in which we live with those words that are very familiar to us. I see trees of green, he sings, and red roses too. And I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. And it's an enchanting song. It's a favorite song of many of us, mine, one of my favorites. An enchanting song a favorite that can bring back a lot of the memories as it draws on many of those truly wonderful things that there are in this world of ours but when we think of the world and consider the world in its fullness not just those skies of blue and the clouds of white and the red roses too but when we think of the world and consider the many facets of this world in which we live it's not too much to conclude that this world can be quite a rotten place the top stories of the nightly news broadcasts and the headlines from recent newspapers and your online news sources they all bear regular testimony concerning the way of this world consider Not long ago, in Newark, New Jersey, three teenagers, three friends had been enjoying music in a car at a local school parking lot, and they were forced at gunpoint out of the car and lined up against the wall of the elementary school and shot execution style. And not long ago, the world recoiled at yet another slaying of a prominent world figure. This time, it was the former Prime Minister of India, Benazir Bhutto. Not so very long ago, an Indiana homeless man pled guilty to murdering four men, and he did it over a space heater. A West Palm Beach, Florida woman approached her boyfriend as he slept, and she doused him with scalding water. A 31-year-old man in Oregon was convicted for posing as a teenage boy dying of leukemia in order that he might sexually coerce young girls. A Connecticut man stabbed his neighbor to death because he was told that his neighbor had molested his two-year-old daughter Well, the allegations weren't true it's not yet been a year has it since a disturbed young man showed up on the campus of virginia tech fully armed and indiscriminately ended the lives of 32 students there it's not yet been four days Since that same sort of Virginia textile shooting happened on the campus of Northern Illinois University in DeKalb, Illinois. In Ventura Ventura County in California, about a week ago or so, an eighth grade boy went to school one day. And he shot in the head a classmate because they didn't get along. A 19-year-old college girl was kidnapped about a month ago and just Friday her body turned up in a Reno, Nevada field and yesterday was identified as this missing woman. A few days ago on the Upper East Side of Manhattan a psychotherapist was found brutally murdered in her office. Reportedly the gruesome crime involved a meat cleaver. Yesterday's news reports to us a video recently released by Al Qaeda in which they boast about the fact that they've burned alive several of their prisoners my friends when we think to ourselves about this world of ours we can't help but conclude that there's a lot in it that's far less than wonderful and the things that I've just recounted to you the things that you've just heard they're only the things that have been detailed on the television and in the newspapers and on the online news source headlines What if those secret sins of our own private lives were to be publicly displayed in the same way? What do you think the headlines would read then? You know them, the illicit affairs of the heart, the jealousy, and the envy that tends to fester deep within. The ingratitude that we have for the things that we have received and the grumbling that we harbor inside for those things that we haven't the disposition of self-centeredness that naturally tends to the needs of number one before anyone else. Do you think these undisclosed deeds of ours add any beauty and any wonder to this world? I think not. You know not. Surely there is beauty in this world, but it's not because of us. In fact, it's despite us. And it goes straight back to the human heart. Of old, in the book of Genesis, our Lord tells us that even from the time of our youth, man's heart is inclined toward evil. And so it certainly doesn't surprise us that we hear our Lord say in the New Testament, the book of Matthew, that from the heart proceed all of these things I just recounted. The murders and the thefts and the adulteries and the fornications and corruption of all kind. It's from the heart. In fact, man and his sin is so intricately tied to this world in which we live that in the New Testament, the Greek word for world, cosmos, the Greek word there, cosmos, for world, is so often used as a term of collective natural man and his sin together. That's exactly the way Christ himself uses it when he speaks of the world in this particular passage, and he says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. And yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The problem with the world isn't its scenery. The problem with the world is mankind, not the scenery. Not the skies of blue and the clouds of white and all of those things. Those things are indeed wonderful. The problem with the world is mankind and particularly the sin of mankind. We're what make this place far less than wonderful. We. We're what make this place the mess that it is. With this in mind, think again of what Christ said to us today. God so loved the world. The world. That's you. And that's me. And that's us, despite the less than lovely inclinations of the heart. That's us, even despite the magnitude and the gravity of our public and even our private sins. God loved the world. The compassion in that sentence is far deeper and infinitely richer than we could possibly comprehend in a hundred lifetimes God loved the world but you know what should give us yet more reason to pause and reflect is the manner in which God so loved us well he certainly would have been well within his right in fact still quite generous in doing so he didn't merely Lend us heavenly aid on loan. He didn't supply it in exchange for services or goods rendered. Now, what does he tell us? God loved the world so that he gave it. And it was the very best that he had to give. His only begotten son. You know, parents, grandparents, all of us think about that for a minute. How willing would you be to give up your own dear child for a loved one? Hesitation, I'm sure. And that's for a loved one. Now how willing would you be to give up your own for those who do you wrong, constantly do you wrong? How willing would you be to offer over the life and the health of your pride and joy for those who have little in fact those who have no regard for you you ask the mother of that 19 year old girl who was kidnapped and murdered and whose body turned up here just the other day you ask her if she'd be ready to give up the life of another one of her children for for the one who stole her first you ask the father of any one of those teenage kids who were murdered execution style in that elementary school parking lot. You ask him if he'd be willing to send another one of his sons to replace the son's killer if he, that killer should get the sentence of death. Ask him if he'd send his son to sit in his place on death row and would that son go? Can you imagine? And yet God sent his son. For the likes of you and me scripture tells us while we were yet sinners while we were yet enemies of God Christ died for the ungodly in utter bewilderment Martin Luther makes this comment he says if it would be said that that he had loved the angels well that would still be a glorious noble creature that's worth loving but what's Here in the world, that's something else. A great heap of the kind of people who do not fear, who do not trust or love God, they do not thank or praise Him, they misuse all of His creation, and they blaspheme His name and they despise His word. They are disobedient and murderers, adulterers, thieves and knaves, and liars and gossipers. And yet He loves us. He loves us enough to give, literally in the Greek it's to freely hand over. He loves us enough to give his own dear son. And not for who we are, because of who he is. Some time ago a young pastor happened to be standing with a, an older member of his looking over a table of rummage sale items that were all laid out there. Not just a table, a whole room full of them. And looking over these, they were, they were looking at these. They had been priced according to their estimated value. And looking over them, the older member said to the younger pastor something that at the time seemed rather plain and ordinary, but as the younger pastor thought on it a bit, was rather a profound statement. Looking over these things, the the older man said to the younger pastor, he said, Pastor, it sure is good that we don't have to buy our forgiveness. And he's right. He's right. It sure is good that we don't have to live life day in and and day out in frightened uncertainty, how we could possibly come up with enough right to pay the debt of all of our wrongs. Recall his word, friend, the gift is given. For God loved the world so that he gave it. Lifted high upon a cross, Jesus Christ settled the entirety of the world's balance. He left no sin of yours or mine unaccounted for, but as St. Paul puts it, he says, canceling the record of death that stood against us. With all of its legal demands, he set the debt aside, nailing it to the cross. Where, then, is the guilt of our ingratitude? It's fixed to the cross. Where is the sin of your selfishness? It was placed upon him, and there nailed to the cross. Where is the debt before God of the murderer and the pedophile? And the kidnapper and the terrorist assassin or the latest school shooter. The secret sinner. That was paid price in full. That was paid price in full by God's only begotten Son on Calvary's cross. And to to him who thinks on all of these sins too lightly. And at the same time to him Who thinks his sin too great to be forgiven. Listen to Saint Peter because Peter puts all the sin on him in whom all sins have been dealt with. And he says he himself bore our sins and that's what it took. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. For by his stripes you are healed. You know, I think it's for this very reason. I'm convinced it's for this very reason. So that none of us would ever wonder, both leaving today and any day in life. So that none of us would ever wonder whether I too am included. For this reason, I'm convinced that our Lord finishes this phenomenal statement he makes with these words. He says, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The 17th century Englishman, Richard Baxter, loved that word, whosoever. He once noted just how dear that single word whosoever was to him. He wrote this. He said, I thank God for that word whosoever. If God had said there was mercy for Richard Baxter, I'm so vile a sinner that I would have thought he meant some other Richard Baxter. But when he says whosoever... I know that includes me, the worst of all Richard Baxters. Whosoever you are, know that it includes you. And do you know how all of this is made yours personally, how personally you're included in this? God holds it up before you today. That's how he applies it to you. He holds it up before you today, just as Moses did that serpent in the wilderness. God today holds up Christ on the pole of his cross. Lift it up before your eyes in his word today. Like that serpent on the post, his word projects that saving message to you and works faith within you. And then trusting upon it, you gaze back trustingly upon that word which reflects to you Christ. In him crucified. And he's begun that faith in you like like he will this morning. In the 11 o'clock service, this morning in the life of little Kyle Michael Dykes, there he will be baptized. Just as you once were baptized, born of water in the Spirit, faith created in that baptism, the soul's everlasting life begun there and for eternity in that baptism. And right here, you receive... You receive the body and the blood of the only begotten Son in that holy begotten meal. That holy begotten supper of God. And in it he sustains that saving faith in you and he strengthens you to live life in this world such as it is. Until he graciously then delivers you out of it. It's in these things that we behold Christ lifted up before our eyes of faith lifted up working faith so that the whosoever can believe in him and have eternal life the phrase is phenomenal it outwonders all the wonders of this world and through God's means of his grace he's made its promise yours yours personally God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him, mark his words, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: taken away the sins of all the world. So govern and guide your church throughout the world that your word is rightly preached, and that your sacraments are rightly administered, for without these means of grace that connect us to you and sustain us in the faith, we would surely perish. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You must be born again, born of water and the spirit, you told Nicodemus of old, that he and we and people of all times and places would know that you've chosen water to be the means through which your word works to cause that which is born of the flesh to become that which is born of the holy spirit today with the parents and the family and the friends of kyle michael dykes we thank you for his baptismal rebirth which will happen and we pray that the faith that you give him today may be nourished throughout his childhood and youth so that in the end of his days here he may love you and confess you lord in your mercy Hear our prayer. Give to your church, O God, a sense of urgency as we deliver to others the faith once delivered to us. Instill in each of us such gratitude for our soul's salvation, that we may confess our faith in Christ to family and friends and others as your Holy Spirit gives us opportunity, that others, too, may have what we have, an eternal future that belongs to all who belong in faith to Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Grant good government to all of our land and success to honest businesses and industries and protect us from those who would do us harm at home or abroad. Lord, in your mercy,
2: hear our prayer.
0: Through your word and spirit, enlighten the minds of your people. To that end, bless our study of Holy Scripture, that we may rightly know it and rightly apply it to our lives, and bless also the seminaries and colleges of your church, that through them the truth of your word may in each generation overcome the falsehoods of each age lord in your mercy hear our prayer bless O lord those who celebrate anniversaries of your grace's goodness today especially do we ask you to bless aubrey and phyllis vickers as they celebrate 21 years of marriage bless their love with your greater love for them and their home with your presence lord in your mercy hear our prayer abide O gracious god with all who undergo times of change and transition in their lives surround them with caring people Remind them that even in the midst of great change, you remain unchanged, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you will never leave them nor forsake them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Because we are yours, O Father, both in soul and body, we commend both soul and body to your care and keeping. Be with those among us who suffer from chronic bodily illness. Chris Heinz, Fred Hein, Hugh Ryan, Paul Dewell, be with those confined by infirmities to their homes, Marna Anderson, Dick and Elsie Much, Marguerite Held, Lois Pearson. Bless those recovering from surgery, Slim Paul, Amanda Clifford. Encourage them and all who care for them that by your promises they may have the strength they need to endure the afflictions you allow them to bear. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give confident faith to the dying and comfort those who mourn. Through your people, befriend the lonely and give aid to those who are truly in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Prepare us this day to receive the holy body and blood of your son, that through impenitence and unbelief or through willful sinning, no one may receive this holy gift of their harm, but rather that all who come forward may receive it for the forgiveness of sins and the strengthening of faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O oh Father, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we may be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and in truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, o Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of
1: Sabbath of, of the Lord, and with of praise, for the glory of your name. Say, Hosanna in the light, sing Hosanna to the Lord.
0: Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of all creation, for you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. At your command, Abraham prepared to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice on the mountain and yet in mercy you provided a ram as substitute. We give you thanks that on Calvary you spared not your only son, but sent him to offer his life as a ransom for many. As we eat and drink his body and blood, grant us like Abraham our father to trust in your promise now fulfilled in Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of all the world. And hear us as we pray in his name, For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. O Jesus Christ, You have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the holy supper of your son's body and blood keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage that on the day of his coming we may together with all your Saints celebrate the marriage feast of the lamb and his kingdom which has no end through Jesus Christ your son our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit one God now and forever